everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Asian. It's me, Diana, and here with a guest, Kat. Um, Kat and I met through a friend. Uh, we went to college together, and we've been friends for 10 years now. Kat, welcome to the pod. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming. Uh, today's episode is going to be about Valentine's Day, and we are going to review the Netflix film To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Always and Forever. So and since you're listening to this in the future, it is currently 2.13. The movie just dropped yesterday, and we have opinions. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, it was okay. <laughs> I was very underwhelmed. I'm going to be honest with you. Very underwhelmed. The first movie I thought was great. Super into it. Second movie was excited for drama. I thought the second movie was good, but it didn't deliver, unlike the tension I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then the third movie, I don't know. The third movie was, I I expected more maturity and complexity in the characters. um, Because, you know, this is like the final stage where they're all like kind of, oh shit, spoiler alerts, by the way. um, Where she's about to enter college And um, it just didn't deliver for me. I think the problem that I had with it was I didn't find any of the characters charming. Like, Noah Centineo, I think, in the first movie was very charming. He was, like, like in high school, like, that's the boy I wanted to fall in love with. But I found him very flat. In you this, wanted to fall in love with Noah in the first movie? I mean, if I was a 17-year-old or yeah. however old they're supposed to be, like, yeah, yeah who wouldn't want to <laughs> fall for, like, the goofy, like, lacrosse, popular lacrosse player? Like, isn't that mm-hmm. everyone's, like, dream? Mm-hmm. I guess we we'll play lacrosse football or whatever it is mm-hmm. at, when we were back in, call, in high school. Mm-hmm. But, like, why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. And yeah. it was just, you know, it had all the tropes of a successful rom-com, like, fake dating. The contract. Yeah. Like, it was very, like, yeah, it was tropey and, like, cheesy, but, like, that's part of the fun and why you watch romantic comedies, right? Yeah. The third one isn't one that I would go out of my way to watch again. How about that? That's how I would frame it. Yeah, and, like, I get what they were trying to do in the slice of life it's about growing up and like you know making choices for yourself and whatever but that movie has been done so many times already and they didn't do anything that was different Mm -hmm. i think they had an opportunity to make it different because the characters themselves come from a kind of like more diverse backgrounds like okay so the opening scene where they play girls generation g that like was a throwback to college era because that's the song that was super popular when we were like sophomores or Mm -hmm. something right that opening made me so excited and her like traveling throughout korea and stuff i thought there would be more to that but it was just i don't know it was just like to get your attention in the first 10 minutes and to make sure that you knew that she was korean or something (laughs) it it didn't really play a factor in the general like storyline i feel like did you think so? So I think that's what's been interesting about watching to all the boys through all, all the episodes. Like her being Korean has been mentioned and shown. Like, you know, she like in the second movie, she goes to like her grandparents or her aunts or whoever. And she like they dress up in like traditional mm-hmm. clothes mm-hmm. and they see other people with cousins and they like speak Korean. But it's never part of their relationship. Like the difference between expectations between dating um, outside of your potentially immediate culture yeah but i think that's interesting because she's supposed to be half right yeah she's half korean so obviously like it's not 
as pronounced. It's not as pronounced as if, you know, you were from Korea dating an American mm-hmm. or dating anybody who isn't who didn't grow up in a similar culture as you because they at least had that similar background. Mm-hmm. And like there's a big deal about the fact that, you know, she like her mom died young, so it's not like she like speaks Korean that's or That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. She's not like very Korean. Do you like that they kept A that they kept her Korean? Yep. From the books. The fact that like they do show Korean culture, but I don't feel like there are any issues about her being Korean that affect her character. Yeah, I If that makes sense. Yeah. It's part of her identity, but it doesn't seem to manifest in like the decisions that she makes or the way that she has a relationship with other people. Like it's just kind of a part of her in the background. Yeah, and I think that's fine because that's something that a lot of people struggle with, right? It's like mm-hmm. you look and feel a certain culture, but you might not necessarily be as ingrained in it as someone who grew up in that specific country. Like, I know I'm Filipino, and I don't speak Tagalog well. I don't speak Ilocano well. I don't do a lot of very traditional things, and I'm not a very traditional person, Mm -hmm. and it's because I grew up in America. So there's something to be said, I think, also about the differences in an American person versus, like, a straight-up, like, someone from Korea. it's definitely different. So there's definitely, like, a difference there, and depending also on, like, when your parents came over... Like, they grew up American, too. Like, your heritage becomes more American than, than like, whatever culture, whatever ethnicity you're originally from. And I'm going to get canceled, probably, for even touching on this. But <laughs> Don't cancel, Kat. But um, I think it's interesting. I, I like that they show it. I don't think that it's necessarily an issue or the representation that people, like, necessarily talk about. It's great, don't get me wrong, that there's a very popular movie franchise with, like, an Asian lead. Yeah. But I don't think it takes into like, the consideration of like culture. And like I thought it was really shocking. Oh, you know, and actually I kind of like that because I forget who said this. Maybe it was Jenny Han in a, like another podcast episode that I listened to. Mm-hmm. But she was talking about how a lot of recent like Asian entertainment focuses so much on the struggle and the yeah. challenge of being Asian. And there are not many stories about lighthearted Asians being Asians and just living life and enjoying it. And yeah. Like, it doesn't always have to be like a morbid, like sad struggle story. Yeah, and I I agree with that to yeah. certain extent, right? Like, there's something very normalizing about just being seeing someone who looks like you just doing normal stuff. Yeah. Versus like a white girl just living her life mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, this is what American life looks like. Mm-hmm. To see like an Asian girl do that, there's something to be said about that as well, as well as like the struggle. So you definitely need both stories. Mm-hmm. The effect of her Koreanness in these films, like I don't see it as like being the thing that's front and center that's yeah. not the point of the movie it's, yeah it's the this this the love storyline her relationship with her boyfriend peter yeah. kavinsky part that i really chuckles to myself is all the scenes about new york mm-hmm. <laughs> were you like that too when you first came to new york there were scenes of um you know midtown of like brian park and the new york public library times square times arguably the worst square. place in the world i know right and i was like hee hee that's like where I go to work, where I used to go to work mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. And it's so interesting to watch that because they were like fawning over all the New York things. That scene where she and the girls bring the sofa into the subway, which is like such a classic New York thing to do because it's like outrageous. But also something you've definitely seen. Yeah, definitely have seen. <laughs> and like the commuter shoes and she was like, oh, I have to bring a pair of commuter shoes because New Yorkers don't wear their nice shoes on the subway. They commute and then they change at the office. But it's not the fact that they're nice shoes. It's the fact that comfort and efficiency is everything. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because God forbid trying to walk over subway grates in heels. Yeah, that's no, so impractical. 
Um, but it made me like thankful for living in New York because tons of people dream about moving to New York. This is like their only dream in life and their passion and they're like, wow, if I go to New York, I have so much opportunity and I can do so many things and meet so many people. And here I am in New York, I'm like, oh, it's Times Square. <laughs> And you know how in every movie there's like that montage of like, oh my god, yeah. like look at all these like cool things, yeah. you know? And everything's very like glossy yeah. and like fast paced and like for some reason the bus was like zooming through midtown yeah. and there was zero traffic, which is so, so not true. So bizarre. But I mean like I get it. I've I've definitely felt that way for like a long time when I initially moved here back back in the day. Like I don't know if I ever told you this. When I moved to New York, I was leaving from college. So I had nothing, like literally nothing. Everything I possessed fit in two suitcases and like a box. So I shipped this one box to the apartment I was staying in. And then I took two suitcases on a bolt bus and did that four hour bus ride from Boston to New York. And that's how I got to New York. And as we were driving into Port Authority, which is arguably, again, one of the worst places in New York City, <laughs> top five for sure. I oh my god this is so embarrassing. What? So did you take pictures at Port Authority? No 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 no, no. I, I didn't like as you're as we were going you know when you enter New York right you're going through like Bronx through uh-huh. Yonkers uh-huh. you get into like Manhattan it's uh-huh. like time it's like Central Park uh-huh. and like you're going down that was it like 10th Avenue or something mm-hmm. as we were crossing one of the bridges I this is oh my god this is how you know I'm old I put on Empire State of Mind by Alicia Keys. <laughs> That part, like, welcome to New York, blah, 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 blah. Like, so- blasted it in my headphones. Yeah. And I was sitting, um, I'm, if, if you've never taken a Megabus, or was it Bolt? I think it was Megabus. They're, they're like, two stories, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the top story, which mm-hmm. has, like, pretty 360 windows. And mm-hmm. if you sit in the front seat... You have a few, full view. You have a full, full view, unobstructed, mm-hmm. like, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, I was sitting in that front seat, and it was just so, like... I just like couldn't stop smiling. I was like you playing were this the like main I, character. yes. I it was like one of those moments where you're the main character where you're a hundred percent the main character in your own like movie of your life, mm-hmm. and like there was a soundtrack playing that was like relevant. And oh my god, it was so embarrassing, but I loved it. So I get it. I get how you can just like instantly fall in love with New York, and. I mean, the gloss is still there. When that first year that I lived here, like, I was... You had so much fun. So much fun. And also, just, like, everything was, like, new and exciting. And, you know, you get used... And, like, it's still very new and exciting. Like, that's a great thing about New York. Like, every time you rediscover... Like, even if you've been to the same place a million times, like, it can change so quickly that you're constantly rediscovering it. Yeah. So, I get it. Like, I get the falling in love with New York. I get why people do those, like, that those montages because it's very much what it... I love doing that in my head. Yeah. I still do that. Like, I like to music on my earphones and I'm just like, I am the main character. Look at me, like, walking through this park or running through, like, this trail or... Oh, 100%. I still do that. Yeah. 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 It's fun. Yeah, I have an entire soundtrack to my life. So my Spotify is organized not by, like, genre or, like, mood or anything. It's organized by year. Mm-hmm. So I have a, like, 2011 playlist, 2012 playlist, 20-whatever playlist. And it's such, a, like, a moment in time yeah. to think it's about. it's like a time capsule. It's like a time capsule of what was popular at the time, the way that I was feeling at the time. Oh. And because it shows, like, when things were added, right? Mm-hmm. I'll look through my, like, 2014 playlist, for example, and then, like, Circumbarge. Like, it gets really <laughs> depressing. Like, the music's, like, super emo. There's a lot of, like songs about like oh my god I, got, I just, my heart's so broken why did you leave and I was like oh yeah I remember that breakup oh, so god. <laughs> it's very much a like weird soundtrack to my life yeah. and then like it's just so funny to like look at that yeah. and to like feel that and to listen to those things like I still play those playlists it like, brings forever. me back to that state of mind like listening to music that way 
it's like yeah i remember how i felt when this first came out and like music can do that to you yeah and like it's great and it's just like it's just so crazy to like listen to some of that stuff sometimes because it's just like it just brings you back to a place that you like you feel like there are songs from like back when you used to go to bars. And oh my god! Like, oh my god! This is oh such a memory. Oh my gosh! Um, like Edward Maya was like popular. Oh Stereo my- Love. Stereo Love. That yes. Is the soundtrack of my summer in London. Yes. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yes. yes. It, it was like that time in your life, yep. and you're like, oh god. Yeah. I will never forget that that time in my life because of that song. Yeah. Really good memories. But where were we going with this? So we were reviewing, we were reviewing the film. Oh, and we were laughing at how they like, just like love felt that really cheesy like montage about oh. falling in love with New York and like agreeing. Like, yeah. yes, that is how you feel. Okay, so here's, here's one thing I liked and one thing I didn't like about the movie. One thing I liked is that they tried to add some growth in the characters. They tried. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were successful, but they tried because they had them break up and, you know, kind of figure out what, love means to each of them and Mm -hmm. they were and then they got back together and they were like yeah we're gonna make this work so that was nice to see what i didn't like is that i think it's an it's just another package story that's like highly unrealistic of actual relationships that occur i think most relationships from high school to college do not last do you know of any that have lasted I know people who got together in high school, broke up in college, and then got back together again. Oh, really? And, like, found each other again. Yeah, I know I know a couple of that. My parents actually were high school sweethearts and still got married, but, like, different time. Maybe not a great <laughs> example of that, of what, we're trying to, of what you're trying to say. But, like, I know people who have had to grow up, who got together, had to grow up, and then found each other again. Mm, okay, so it does happen. I think it happens. I don't know if I know anyone who has successfully, who has succeeded the same story as my parents of being high school sweethearts. I know people. That's really rare. Yeah. Um, Even I think for that time. And then I also think like, but I also know people who like met in college, like freshman, sophomore year. Oh, and who end up married married together. together. Yeah. I do know couples like that. Yeah. But I think that's a little different, right? Because you're growing up together. You're living a lot of life together versus like in in high school. Like you change so much in college. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I get what you're saying about there's no, a lack of depth to the characters, but I also think that's a, um consequence of it only being like what less than two hours yeah and there's only so much you can explore yeah there's only so much you can explore and i feel like they tried to do a lot because they had to establish that you know whole like why laura jean wants to like likes new york like Mm -hmm. what the conflict is between her and peter what the conflict is between him and his dad what Mm -hmm. the conflict is between them like there's just like a lot and the oh the changes the changes with the mom like her dad marrying a new woman and then moving into the house and like now having a stepmom. Yeah. That, that was an interesting thing to touch on too. Oh, you know what? What? Like the thing that we need to talk about is that particular scene where she decides not to go to school. Oh, I hated that. I was so angry. <laughs> when That was just like a literally a split second scene. But I could not register what was happening because I could not fathom that actually happening to me. Well, that's why I was like, no, she's not Korean. Her Koreanness doesn't matter doesn't in this matter, movie. Yeah. So wait, to summarize, like, this is this this podcast episode is full of spoilers. But what happens is um, there's a brief moment where uh, it's time to go to school, but she's just like lying down on the couch and she just doesn't go to school. And her dad allows it. And her dad is just like doesn't even blink an eye. Like I think. He doesn't like, even he, say, like... No, he actively says, oh, you're not going to school today, as if it's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that to me is shocking. Yeah. 
I, that I, is not a that is not the reality that I am aware of. No, where the fact that like going to school is a choice, mm-hmm. no matter how crappy you feel. I've never I never even dared to fake being sick growing up. I was not confident that I could successfully fake being sick, and even if I was actually sick, depending on how sick I was, I think my parents would have just been like, "Suck it up, go to school." I'm pretty sure I would have to be dying, have broken <laughs> something, or like actively like bleeding. Yeah. And badly, not just like a cut. Yeah. For me not to go to school because I was sick multiple times and my parents still dropped me off. And then the nurse was like, no, you must go home. <laughs> because you couldn't get other because, kids sick. Exactly. And like, I mean, that's not right either. But the fact that like it was an option. Yeah. Weird. And it was condoned was and crazy to me. Ew, it was and then really also crazy. her sister didn't go to school either. There's nothing wrong with her. Wait, the little sister? Yeah. Why didn't she go to school? She, I, I guess she decided she didn't want to go either. That's so weird. And like that to me is crazy. It would never happen if it was an Asian parent. No, never, 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 never. I don't know. It's just so wild to me to like see that. And I think that's also something that's interesting too when you, I mean, like I don't know people's relationships like are with like their parents because that's like a very private thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the, like when Caucasian parents and children are like friends, Oh, yeah, that dynamic between parents and children and how friendly they are and casual. A lot of Asian cultures, there's because of the huge impact like of Confucianism, there's a very clear level of authority. It's like your parent is the authority and you have to respect your parent and you listen to whatever your parent says. In the movie, it was just like, we're best friends. We can talk about whatever and nothing is off the table. I'm like, uh. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's a great parenting style. I'm just not used to it. Yeah, I'm not saying like... I'm not saying, like, you shouldn't be able to talk to your parents about stuff because, like, I love my parents, obviously. I I think I have a really good relationship with, like, I'm pretty open with them. But there are just things, like, you wouldn't talk about. And not because it's not that you don't want to or, like, they're not interested. It's just, like, there's just, like, this weird boundary. Yeah. And I'm not, and again, I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's just an openness. Part of it's a joke, right, in Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. I'm a cool mom. Yeah, I'm a cool mom. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, you can drink here, whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Like, that just blows my mind. But you know what? I I realize it's because our parents kind of have set the boundary first before we have, if that makes sense. Because we are only accustomed to communicating with our parents the way that our parents have taught us since we were younger. So if all we see is, like, our parents, like, only sharing certain kinds of talking points with us, like, certain topics are allowed to be discussed and certain topics you know, you just know you're not supposed to discuss them and you just learn. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I I agree with you like, that there are like, certain... Okay, here's an example. Like, my parents would never go out of their way to, like, start talking to me about sex, right? Like, obviously. Who gave you the talk? Did you have the talk? Never. Even, I'm 31 years old. I've never had the talk. Oh, so it was literally your bio teacher, your health teacher, or whatever it whatever, is Whatever, however I learned about it. I don't know how I learned about it anymore. On these like... streets, Diana! <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Out here. Did you have a talk? Um, like, entirely too late. Like, in college. Like, as they were <laughs> dropping me off. <laughs> Like, that's, that, that was, like, maybe one of the last conversations that, like, in my dorm room, my parents were like, okay, so, like, you know, don't have sex. And I was like, mom, you're a little late for this. Not that I was, not that I had had sex at that point, but yeah, it's just, yeah. like, one of those things. I was like, yes, we covered this a couple of years ago in health class. These days, they cover it pretty early, I think. Like, when we were in school, I think they covered, started covering it in, like, fifth grade, sixth yeah. grade, right? Yeah. I feel like that's when we started to learn about, like, puberty. Yeah. So that's when they, they like kind of tied it into the curriculum. But these days, like, I think they learn it even earlier. I mean, 
mean, I don't have kids. I have no idea when they're yeah. learning it now. Yeah. But I, that wouldn't surprise me. Because mm-hmm. um, they have access to information much quicker. Like, they don't. They have smartphones, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not hard to find out inf- any information, right, nowadays, mm-hmm. whether or not you want to find it or not. No, like, it's yeah. just, like, everywhere. It, like, in the media, like, sex is everywhere. So it's, like, even there, like, you can talk about it. So it's not like it's what it was back in when we were kids and we're like oh my god is britney spears a virgin oh my god have they had premarital sex <laughs> like you know when like that was a huge like scandal i can't believe that that was even like a topic uh, of conversation yeah well have you seen the britney documentary that's out no and, like, they, talk, they talk about that a lot about how like she got slut shamed maybe having sex with justin timberlake justin timberlake got away with oh yeah and then he's like apologizing about everything now right yeah or something like that yeah. i haven't i haven't seen it yet i've but... only seen the headlines yeah it's just like Justin Timberlake is apologizing to Janet Jackson. Justin Timberlake is apologizing to Britney Spears. It's like, all right, you have a laundry list of things you need to apologize for. Yeah, and obviously, like, I'm a millennial and don't actually read things and just, like, read the headline and move on with my life. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, an interesting thing, like, back then. Like, you never talked about that stuff with anybody. Never mind mm-hmm. your parents. Mm-hmm. And, like, now I wonder, growing up, would it be different with my parents if they had waited till I was, like, 18 and, like, for all intents and purposes, like, not living in their house anymore. But, you know, the fact that your parents gave you that talk right as they were dropping you off means that they were sitting on it, you know? They were like, okay, this is my last opportunity to tell her, and I need to tell her, so I'm just gonna drop this on her right now. Yeah, but also at that point, like, it was mortifying. (laughs) Like, I was already, like, kind of terrified to be not at home, to be, like, on the other end of the country, never mind adding, like, a sex talk on top of that. Like, God, God, no. Too much. It's too much. Too much change. Too quickly. It was fine, I guess. Then we never talked about it again. Mm. Until now my mom's, like, desperate for grandchildren. And it is, like, oh, not even, it, and it's just on more on the so now. And I'm like, no. But my parents now have a grandchild through mm-hmm. my sister. And now my mom starts to assume whenever I, I, I'm about to say, like, oh, we have good news. She always assumes it's that my sister is pregnant. Again? But, I mean, my sister's not pregnant. Right, right, but, like, That's what she wants. But that's what, like, she thinks is, like, the natural next step because she has had a child and uh-huh. maybe they'll have another one. Yeah. So now every time I was like, Mom, I have something to tell you. Omni's pregnant. <laughs> like, that's where her mind goes. I was like, wow, this is what being 31 is like. You know, your parents are just waiting for grandchildren. They, like, just want to shit me off. And that's a bad translation, but it's, like, in Korean, you kind of say it like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you just, like, send your daughter off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they can, like, close their homework. I don't know if your parents are like that, but mine are. It's just more that they want that. I have a lot of, like, baby cousins. They enjoy taking care of them. They want, like, their own... <laughs> Little munchkins. At the same time, it's just, like, they like, like, taking care of them, but they also, like, giving them back. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, there's that. I it's also like part of it is that they're worried about me like I'm still very single and like in their mind like having a child is also having a partner mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. take care of you not mm-hmm. take care of you but you know to you know support you mm-hmm. and do all that so I think that's part of the worry quote mm-hmm. unquote is that you know that's not something that's happening on a timeline that's normal to them yeah they're from a different generation yeah I'm not gonna lie they're a little bit worried 31's Get in there. <laughs> I mean, we live in a coastal city. Generally, for people who live in coastal cities, they tend to get married a little later because you focus on your career. You focus on, like, the other hundred things you need to focus on before you start focusing on, like, having a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think you are just fine. We're both just fine. <laughs> I wasn't worried about it until people implied that I should be worried about it. Oh, you know what I mean? That was my experience when I went to Korea. Yeah. Especially in Korea. So the culture is different there in the sense that regardless of like how educated you are or like how much money you're making, if you're a woman over 30, 
Like, you should be married. Like, spinster. Not, spinster, yeah, yeah, spinster, for sure. Here, if you go to work, they're not like, hey, like, people you don't have a, you, you have a basic business relationship with, they're not going to be like, hey, are you dating anyone? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes some comfort to get to that stage mm-hmm. where you're, like, friends with someone at work. But in Korea, they outright ask you that. Even if you're not super close, they're like, so are you dating anyone? Are you married? Whatever, mm-hmm. your relationship status. And they find it their job to help you get matched. So if I was working right now in corporate Korea, they'd be like, I'll, I'll introduce you to like 50 guys. Like, I'll I mean, that's kind of great though. I like, know, I know. <laughs> they have a good system going on over there. <laughs> that's kind of great. <laughs> they have a good system. They make it their mission, you know, but it makes you feel like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Like that I'm like not married and I'm over 30, like can make you feel pretty inadequate in some ways. So I felt that pressure when I went to Korea this winter because everyone would ask me, you know, they're just like, so are you married yet? Mm -hmm. But you know, I don't worry about not about getting married. I worry about finding a right person. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think in the past when I've dated and like hung out with people, I, it's not that I, getting married wasn't on my mind and but it was more like there was no expectation with it i think as i've gotten older there definitely is a certain need to know where things are going yeah you know and to be more serious more quickly yeah 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 and especially with the pandemic i've heard a lot of anecdotes about relationships getting accelerated yeah right i I agree they're they're in lockdown together and maybe 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 sometimes sometimes not and they're like you know spending six months together but it's not just six months like dating and seeing each other like twice a week it's like you see each other every day and you're like living together not even every day accelerate Yeah. yeah yeah and i have seen a lot of relationships break and a lot of relationships flourish throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic. I think for those who broke up, it's like accelerating the disintegration of that relationship because it's really a lot of pressure to have to be in that sort of tension and conflict mm-hmm. for so long. And then for those who are like want really, really like are committed to each other, they just like find a way to make it work and they like grow and evolve. And I don't know, I see, I see so many happy couples. Yeah, I think definitely, especially if you're living together, it's very much a make or break very quickly, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no escape mm-hmm. from like being together. And yeah. so, I mean, for better or for worse, right? I mean, hopefully it's for better, ideally. Yeah. But I mean, you hear statistics all the time that like divorce rates have gone up. Oh, divorce rates have definitely yeah. gone up. Within the first couple of months of quarantine, decided like, oh, this is, is not going to work long term. And mm-hmm. I mean, it. a lot of it is that you are spending days on end with mm-hmm. the same person with no outside barrier or stimulus like it's not like you go to work for eight hours and you see each other at night you're literally seeing each other like the entire day and night and yeah, early a morning lot. it's a and... lot especially for a new relationship i think it's a lot yeah it's a lot have you tried dating during the pandemic i mean at the beginning what does that even look like i mean so i've never been good at the at committing to like at dating committing, apps or whatever <laughs> that's you but <laughs> At like, at, like, the dating apps. Like, I'm very bad at it. I don't have the attention span to prolong a conversation that isn't flowing. And if someone is not on at the same time. Oh, yeah. That back and forth is... Important. Important. I remember last time... Sorry to cut you off. I remember... I remember in the past you've told me that you've been in conversations where you're asking all the questions and that person isn't asking any questions about you and it's just like talking to a wall. It's like talking to a wall and it's also like, it's like the vibe too. Like if the conversation isn't free flowing, especially I think on an app where you may or may not be looking at your phones at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could send a note and then they might not read it for like a couple of hours and then 
God knows if they'll respond right right away once they respond. Are you looking at your phone? Like, are you Ugh. off at doing something else? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel natural, and I find it very difficult to have a conversation online through an app. So a lot of the time, if I'm like, even if I'm just like a little bit interested in someone, I'll be like, okay, you know what? Just like, do you want to meet up for like drinks yeah. or something? Yeah. Understand chemistry so much faster that way, and like actually talk to a person without having t- good text chemistry is great, but like. You don't live your life through a phone. Yeah. I'm also just really bad at text in general. Like, you know this. Yeah. yeah. I'm you're very a, slow. You're a, you're a functional texter. Yes, I'm, I'm very much a functional texter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do the... The I, whole, like, long conversations over text thing. We yeah, can't do that. I it's have like, never when, been... It's like, when do you want to meet? What time do you want to meet? Let's meet. <laughs> I've never been very good at maintaining a textual relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I would agree with that. <laughs> like, it's very much a functional aspect for me. Like, maybe every now and then if there's something, like, interesting that reminds you of someone, I'll send them, like, oh, haha, was watching this. Mm-hmm. Think you'd like it. Or I'll send them a link or something. I've never been very good at maintaining a text relationship. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, what a lot of it is. Or, like, I guess people do video chat dates these days. Yeah, I actually did one um, at the beginning. Oh, really? And, like, that's fine. But it's also more, like, in the beginning, it was... Very much a, oh, oh, ha, 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 this is, like, a weird thing that people are doing. Was this, like, in March or April? This was in March. Okay, so it's very early very on. Very early on when I was, like, okay. Was it over what? Zoom? How did you do it? It was it was through Zoom. Um, yeah, so we Zoomed. It was very much a, like, oh, ha, ha, this is, like, weird. Everyone's, like, trying to, it was a novelty of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Every, novelty everyone was, like, starting it for the first time. Yeah. So it's, like, all right, let's try this out and see how it goes. Yeah. My roommate wasn't here, so, like, I was a little lonely and, like, was going a little crazy trying to, like, talk to people. <laughs> um, so I matched with someone on Hinge. We were, like, talking for a little bit. Very much in the similar mind space of, like, here's a link. Do you want to just, like, chat? Mm-hmm. Which I guess is much safer than meeting up for drinks. Not just in a pandemic, but like if I think about it in general. In general, yeah. It's probably actually. Screen them. Yeah, you're literally screening them. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything about you. They don't know where you live. Mm -hmm. Like nothing. Like that was fine. It's still very strange. If you're on a real date, you can be like, oh, I'm sorry. I have have another meeting or I have to meet someone. Of course you'd say meeting instead of like, oh, a birthday party or like a dinner. (laughs) Yeah. And then like when you're on Zoom, how do you exit? Oh my God, my internet. Wait, what did you say? you don't like it what do you do you can't just be like it's been five minutes and you don't like what's happening and you're like uh my wi-fi is cutting out well i mean that's not to like be a jerk but like if you're doing a zoom date like that it's also like you don't the social nicety of like oh my god we're at drinks like who settles the bill who does all that stuff how do i get out of this mm-hmm. you know you don't have to wait for someone to finish their drink before you True. like bounce you all can, those things are settled like all those things are settled and you really want to be a jerk about it just like x out and like be done yeah there's no way for them to contact you again. I would hate to be on the receiving end of that. 100%. I'm not saying that's the yeah. right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thankfully, that was not a situation that I was in. Yeah. And if I'm going to be totally honest with you, I did not think about that. If did, that... You, did you like the date? Did you enjoy it? It was fine. Like, yeah. I mean, it was... Was it like, a good conversation, at least? It was very much a, oh, ha, ha, like, what are you doing in quarantine? Like, um, what are you, like, what... Like, what so it was, weird... like, a touch base? <laughs> kind of. It, it wasn't even, like, a touch base. It was more... It was just, like, this random dude... Um, and then we just chatted about like how weird it was that we were in quarantine, like all the weird things about our apartment that we never noticed before. Like, did you guys have drinks? What did you do? I had opened like a bottle of wine and was like pouring myself drinks and like he had a beer or whatever. And you're you're both like, cheers. (laughs) Each have our individual drinks and you're just catching up on the status of life. I guess. Or just like 
just chatting. It was fine. It mm-hmm. was like a normal, random first date. I wouldn't say it was necessarily like super successful. Yeah, because but, you didn't talk to him again. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like one of those things like, oh, the human contact was nice. Mm-hmm. I have not been on an app since that initial conversation. I don't have... A little bit of these, I don't have the energy. Mm, I hear you. To like do that. Yep. Not that it takes a lot of energy to swipe or anything, but... No, but you have to be diligent about it. You have to be diligent about it. There's also, like, too many things I think right now are happening, like, in my home. Mm. I'm living life. I'm working. I'm, like... It just, like, feels like a lot. To, yeah. like the, To bring another... Like, variable of, like, an, a, almost like a homework. Like, another thing to, like, manage and juggle while balancing all of other life priorities. Yeah, and I think it's also, like... It's a weird energy to introduce in a space that I can't leave. One thing to do it randomly when you can face it out, go to work and like leave your apartment, leave like a weird, some weird energy behind. And then it's another thing where you are set in the same space and like have to deal with like all your emotions from like, I had a good day, I had a bad day at work. Mm -hmm. I am annoyed at this or, you know, I'm, there's like something scary that's happening on TV. Mm -hmm. To introduce another set of feelings and energy into a space that's already rife with feelings and energy i don't know i just like can't bring myself to do it yeah yeah i hear you i hear you and that's just like a weird mental block i have Mm. i don't know if that's normal but it's just i think that's very normal i think a lot of people are experiencing that right now yeah it's a lot to handle it's just like so many feels like of course no one ever knows the future but especially in this time period especially unpredictable yeah and I think that creates a lot of anxiety in people. Yeah. But also a little bit of me is like, should I figure out a way to get used to it quickly? Like, it was already hard enough, I think. Because now majority of people, I feel like, are doing those online dating stuff versus, like, when we were in college, online dating wasn't a thing, right? Like, you met people organically in bars. Mm-hmm. You, like, still, like, exchange phone numbers. Like, oh, haha, I, like, Cute. gave this boy my phone number. <laughs> Whatever. Now it's like, can I have your IG handle? I'm yeah. Like, or Ew. people don't approach people with the same energy mm-hmm. as before, I feel like. Um, it's very much like, I'm here with my friends, here with a party. It still happens, obviously. You still meet new people at bars, but or like restaurants are used to it, at mm-hmm. least. But there's there are that. more distinct bubbles now. There, yes, there are, even pre-pandemic, there, there's definitely more of a bubble. This is a safety net. You, it was transitioning, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. between meeting in person to like meeting online, mm-hmm. and now we're in a space where like is meeting online the only way you can meet people? Oh, I hope not. I'm. Same. I don't. I really don't want that to be dating. Same. There's Maybe we should just go back to matchmaking. Maybe we should just take <laughs> Indian a, matchmaker. Indian ma- matchmaker. Well, my parents asked me, do you want to do that? And your bio data? <laughs> and I was like, um, no thanks. This is the thing though. Do you know there's a professional matchmaking school in Manhattan? Really? Yeah, so you can learn how to be a matchmaker. Would you do it? I mean, I'm trying to find a match, not make, not like, <laughs> not like no, match other people I know, up. I know, I know. But like a little bit of me feels like that could be a really fun career move. It or could. Um, on but Bravo, there used to be a show too, Millionaire Matchmaker. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, I, I don't think any of them were really that successful, right? The outcomes were not great. I mean, I have no idea. But <laughs> it was fun to watch. It was fun to, see, this is why Korea has the better system. Mm-hmm. Because your entire community is like, I got you. I will help you connect yeah. with 50 different people. In America, we're a little bit more spread out, like in terms of physical location. So I think it's harder to do that. And also like we're not managing the pandemic as nicely. Like a little bit of me is like, oh, that like the whole pre-screening process. And like, mm-hmm. it just like takes out so much of the work. It does. And I know I sound like the laziest person, 
But because anything you want in life, I think you have to put some effort and dedication to it. You know, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not this saying this is wrong. just not the time. I think there's a timing for everything, and that's just like not the right time. Like I've had people ask me, like, "Hey, are you on any apps? Or like, have you been dating or whatever?" I'm just like. I have had so many good things happen to me this year, and working really hard to accomplish a lot of things, and just dating doesn't feel like it'll be very successful, even if I tried. This I mean, it's year. not your priority. It's not my priority. Yeah, I don't think the circumstance is right. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's fair, and you're entitled to feel that way. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so strange. It is. Everything about this past year has been strange, but like. <sighs> never mind introducing like adding yet another variable yeah yeah i agree but like people do it and i mean more power to them they're more invested in it than we are i guess so to sum this up cat we were talking about the movie and then we got into a bit of tangent but would you recommend this movie to our listeners i really enjoyed the first one i highly recommend the first movie and if you care about the characters, keep watching them. Because the movies are fine. They're not anything groundbreaking. The subsequent movies are okay. If you just want a good rom-com, just stay with the first one. Yep. I enjoy the dot, dot, dot ending to the first one versus Ooh. this feels very final. And I just like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. But I enjoy the thought of possibilities. In the first one. In the first one. It was a strong cliffhanger for me. I remember thinking, oh my god, what's going to happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it kept me caring. And now I think because the story's done, I don't care as much, which I guess is a natural progression. But if you enjoy rom-coms, you just want that feel-good energy, stick with the first one. If you want to see how they evolve and you're okay with the energy changing from a rom-com to more like a slice of life, keep going. The movies are fine. Again, nothing groundbreaking. Things that have been done before. Fine to watch. Yeah, yeah. I think for this final piece of the, I'll call it the trilogy, three out of five stars for me. I really enjoyed watching the cultural scenes, the Sonyoshide music, Girls' Generation music come up here, and then like Blackpink, Pretty Savage come there, and all those like little inserts was very entertaining for me as a Korean American. Mm -hmm. And of course, I love a good rom-com, and this is like the perfect movie to just like put on Netflix and just like lay on your bed and like eat snacks and just have a peaceful night yeah but don't go out of your way don't be like oh i really need to set time aside to watch this one i think if there is one to do that with that would be the first one mm-hmm. and i think it's really fun to watch it with your friends too oh yeah definitely i watched the first one by myself the second one i watched with a group of girlfriends that was super fun this last one i watched on netflix party and like super fun still i will say though i do like the stylization of it like you know the mm-hmm. opening with the um, like animation and the yeah, hand drawn stuff yeah that was stuff. really cool while i might not necessarily love the characters as much in this go around i do think this the style is really cool to your point about like the music choices i think the art direction is really great it's just like very colorful and fun and i yeah. wish like the story itself was as colorful and fun as the aesthetic oh that's a great way to put it that's a good way to summarize yeah because like the first movie had that energy mm-hmm. and then it just like kind of tapered thank you to jenny han who wrote these books i read that she has another set of books that she's written that are likely going to become films as well. I Did you read her them before the... No, I don't, I don't read any of them. I just like watch the movies. Do you read them? I haven't. I've thought about it. 
I don't know why I haven't because I enjoy YA given how flat I found the second and third movies I wonder if the books are any different it's possible yeah all right I think that wraps up things happy Valentine's Day everyone um, I hope your families and you are safe and well Kat any closing thoughts enjoy your time don't be lazy <laughs> do what you want don't be lazy <laughs> All right, signing out. Bye. Bye.